five loading one and two and effects two. Stepping out now, we're live at 60. Broussard trying to stagger free. Meanwhile, it's played along to him. Centering pass flagged down by Green. Played into traffic, though. Starting back up with a mouse. Martinez in a three on two. Clifford gave it across. It's held in a shot. It's a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh season of the Scoop Talk Show. Yes, the Scoop Talk Show has turned seven years old. And I am so elated and happy that you can take in and take your time out to share it with me as well. The Scoop Talk Show is being simultaneously broadcast in 33 countries worldwide right here on Yellow Jacket Network. And it's powered by Simplecast. You can now download and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, and yes, of course, right here on Yellow Jacket Network. You can follow, like, subscribe, and rate the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook. The Scoop Talk Show is also on Instagram at The Real Sean Harris and the show's Twitter page at YJMediaKZoo. That's capital Y, capital J, capital Media, capital K, little A, capital Z, little double O. The Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by the following sponsors. WMU Broncos, Go Broncos, OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours from cakes to cookies to cupcakes. She has it all. She also does private catering for all occasions. So if you have an event around the corner or down the road, she got you covered. You can contact her and follow her and place an order on her Facebook page and Instagram pages at OMG Sweets, that's double O-H, E-double-M-G-double-E, Sweets, OMG Sweets, oh, what a heavenly treat. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located near Western Michigan University on KL Avenue, provides everything you need for your smoking needs and has the best deals from e-liquids to vapes to hookahs to CBDs to glass pipes and much more. For special deals, weekly, follow and like their Facebook and Instagram pages at Stay Glassy. Kezu, go see Guri today. Kezu Coney, located at the Bernhardt Center of Western Michigan University's campus, has great food from breakfast to lunch on the menu. So if you're coming to visit Kalamazoo or so happen to live in Kalamazoo, drop in and visit Kezu Coney. Great food, great service, great staff. Kezu Coney, home away from home. Residence Inn of Kalamazoo Marriott provides everything you need for a getaway stay when visiting Kalamazoo. With luxurious and spacious king-queen penthouses, double full-size suites, full kitchens complete with microwave, coffee maker, dishes, and cutlery. Complete service by housekeeping staff, complimentary breakfast every day, and free Wi-Fi in every room. And a great staff. 
to help with anything you need during your stay. That's Residence in Kalamazoo Marriott. Check them out when you come to town. We have a jam-packed hour for you today. Yes, it's the Christmas season. One week away from Christmas. And I'm glad that you are able to enjoy the holidays. Do everything you want to do. Get presents. Do this, do that. Everything that is in your way of doing it, I am so glad for you to do it. We're going to be getting off into the NFL we're going to talk a little bit about NCAA football. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Pistons of the NBA and where they're at right now. So let's start with the NFL. Life stinks. Life stinks. Yes, yes, I know. For you Lion fans out there, life do stink. Life stinks for you as Detroit fans, and I feel so bad for you. The Lions dropped another one on Sunday, but this time to the Buccaneers of Tampa Bay at Ford Field. Jameis Winston became the first player to throw for 450 yards in consecutive games, and he threw three of them, y'all, three of them in the first half. And in previous times, Jamin Winston wasn't really all that prolific as the quarterback in recent weeks of this season, embarking on 100 years of the NFL. But he looked, he showed look good against Detroit like all other teams do. Detroit have now dropped seven in a row, ten of his last 11 under coach Matt Patricia. Lord, how much is there no hope at all? Man, that's bad. That's bad all the way around. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, I'm telling y'all. Here's the deal. People of the land that you're listening to me right now, here's the options that the fans is, and I, and, and I say from my opinion as well too. Mrs. Ford needs to do something to get rid of Bob Quinn or keep Matt Patricia. That's A, B, Get rid of Patricia and keep Quinn. C. Get rid of them both and rebuild from the top down. Both Quinn and Patricia got to go. Whatever you got left, as far as the staff is concerned, rebuild from that. All the way down to the players, starting with the combine and the drafts and free agent market. And try to get prominent players to come over there and play for this organization. Or D, just sell the team. Mrs. Ford, also, she stated all along that she don't know anything about the NFL when she took over when her husband, William Clay Ford, passed away. And this team has gotten worse in a bad way. So the question is, who is really on the hot seat? Is it Mrs. Ford, Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, or all three? I'll let y'all decide on that. Just like I said, go to the show's Facebook page at the Scoop Talk Show. Check me out on Instagram at the Real Sean Harris, and you can also visit the show's Twitter page at YJ Media Kzoo. I'd like to hear your feedback on that. The question is: Should Mrs. Ford do what she needs to do as far as rebuilding the Lions, or? 
is all three of them on the hot seat or each individually on the hot seat. Let me hear your feedback on that. I'd like to hear your feedback on that for you Lions fans or overall NFL fans out there. But to Detroit, getting back to this scenario, the fans really don't, it doesn't matter at this point with the fans. With just two games left of the season, they won't change. When do they want it? Now. And I'm quite sure some of you fans out there that root for your teams and it ain't going too well, when do you want the change? And when do you want it? Now. You don't want to wait till the end of the season. You don't want to wait through midseason. You want it right now. The Lions for a long time, man, they has been a team that has been going nowhere fast, man. I mean, not taking a nothing about what Jim Caldwell has did. I mean, but at least, like I said, when you think about what Patricia is doing with this organization and running this team as the coach, I don't want Caldwell back, per se, but at least you got to give the man credit because you got to think about all those nine-win seasons that the Lions had up under his tenure, and it was on the cusp of making the playoffs. They just couldn't get past teams like Minnesota and Green Bay, and Green Bay in particular with Aaron Rodgers being healthy and the amount of talent that he had around him. So now the Lions... Up under Patricia, with the combination of Caldwell and how this organization is being run with going all the way back to Matt Millen as GM, now Bob Quinn took over as GM, they have become one of the most, they have been one of the most consistent losing teams in the NFL. Oh, come on, that's enough. By far. By far. Consistent losing teams are the team of the NFL. And that's bad. That's bad. Only the Jets can epitomize with that scenario of, of being a losing team for such a long time, as well as the Bengals. For such a long time. In this game on Sunday, they was down 21 points early at the half. Winston, like I said, threw three TDs in that first half to put them up. 21 to nothing. And the Lions' defense was struggling throughout that whole first half. And also, you, you saw it continue to struggle in the second half. Winston, he absolutely played great, y'all. I mean, for him to have his troubles throughout this season, like I said before, even Matt, I mean, even Mitch Trubisky of the Chicago Bears was having a bad stint throughout this season. But look how he burned the Lions in both games three weeks apart, come from behind wins in both of those, in Chicago and in Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. Winston went 28 out of 42 for a grand total of 458 yards on the board, four TDs overall, and one pick. Like I said, he had his problems during the season, but he looked like an MVP quarterback against Detroit's defense. Oh, hell yeah! He really did. And we all know that Detroit has the worst or one of the worstest pass defense in all of the NFL ranking at the bottom. And he carved them up. The defense was allowing big plays on the field. 
Winston was able to just dominate the Lions in the second half, just like every team did, like I stated before. And what Jamin Winston did in that game, in that game alone, now has put a little bit of pressure, if not applied somewhat of pressure, on the Tampa Bay's organization to say, you know what, maybe, just maybe, we don't want to quickly part ways with this kid too soon by the way he played against the Lions on Sunday. Detroit tried to get back into the game, y'all, but quarterback David Block, he did all he could. He went 24 for 43, 260 yards with two interceptions. Running back West Hills, he rushed the ball for 21 yards, and he had two scores. But that just simply was not enough. Because Detroit was not able to get back into this game early in the second half. And they go down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38-17. to And you can hear the fans booing pretty much throughout the whole entire game, y'all. And if you didn't, if you wasn't at the stadium to hear it live and in person, you definitely saw it on Fox. And the Lions has now became a team that, because they're in the NFC and they have a contract with the NFL at the network, wherever you live at in the country or around the world for that matter, you're going to see that game anyway. Unless, of course, you have a blackout. And this is what a lot of fans of Detroit and around the United States and fans all over that love the Detroit Lions is getting tired of. I'm a sports writer for Yellow Jacket Network as well as various other websites. And I have to cover the Lions because I live here. Even being a writer, you get tired after a while of writing about a team that's always lovable losers. Preach to them. You want to write about the changes that they can make to where this season is going to get better from last year or how they turn things around and start winning games and becoming a, a potential playoff contender. That's what we as writers want to write about. We don't want to write about our teams constantly losing or being a broadcaster, constantly always being at games and you send it, oh, well, there goes another game chalked up in the loss column. But it is our job. And this is what we do. Whether we don't like it, this is what we get paid to do. Right, right. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network, celebrating its seventh year on the air. We'll be right back. Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Be sure to catch 215 Live 
right here on Yellow Jacket Network. Hello, everyone. Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Have you ever wondered about going to the store or something like that, and you just not quite satisfied with what they have in the grocery stores or bakeries to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I have the answer. Yes. OMG Sweets. Yes. OMG Sweets will provide everything you need for that sweet tooth of yours from anywhere from cakes to pies to different types of pastries to cupcakes, even handmade candy. Baked fresh and ready to order for your enjoyment. Yes, OMG Sweets provides everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can find her on her Facebook page and also on Instagram at OMG Sweets. And also, did I forget to mention something? She also does personal catering to provide you with everything you need for a certain occasion of yours that you may have coming up or you're planning months ahead. Yes, OMG Sweets. You can contact her once again on her Instagram page and her Facebook page at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Place your order today. Everyone and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by OMG Sweets. She has everything that you need to provide you with your catering services as well as anything to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can contact her on her Facebook and Instagram page. Once again, that's at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H-G-E-E-M Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Sticking with the NFL. Hey, y'all. It's coming down the wire between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles won on Sunday. The Cowboys going into a 4 o'clock game, facing the L.A. Rams into town at AT AT&T Stadium. The Rams were 8-5. The Cowboys were 6-7. Like I said, the Eagles already won. The Rams is trying to keep their playoff hopes alive by beating Dallas because New Orleans and Clinched the playoff spot, San Francisco, even though they lost in a comeback shocker on Sunday, they made the playoff spot. The Arizona Cardinals has been eliminated, so that just leaves the Rams, and the Rams have to continue on winning out ball games in order to make the playoffs as a wild card team. The Dallas Cowboys is right now in a heated battle with the Philadelphia Eagles, like I said, coming down the stretch. Both teams are at 6-7 with the Eagles winning. That put them at 7-7 ahead of Dallas. Dallas needed to win this game at home in Dallas against the Rams. Because the East has just not been as great as all the rest of the divisions. I think the East has been one of the worst divisions in a long time. (laughs) I believe there's an attack of lunacy going around here. Both of these teams started out this Sunday under 500. 
One has made it to 500, the other one is trying to get there. So with the next two weeks going down the wire between the Cowboys and the Eagles, it's now become an all-out dogfight for this division, and every game counts, with no exceptions. And say the Dallas Cowboys win out, they win the division. If the Eagles win out, they win the division. And we'll host a wild card game in the first round. Or it could be a scenario where one will win the division, the other will be eliminated altogether because you got to remember it's only four teams left. You have the Rams, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and Minnesota. Minnesota won on Sunday against L.A. Chargers in Carson, California, keeping their playoffs hopes alive. The Eagles won on Sunday, and now it's time for these last two teams to face off with each other and that's the Rams and the Cowboys. Dallas looked at great. Didn't see them look all that great in, in, in recent weeks. Losing to Chicago on Thanksgiving. And they jumped out quickly against the L.A. Rams, 28-7 at the half. Dak Prescott looked great. He threw TDs to Jason Witten of 19 yards. And a big play for 59 yards to Tavon Austin. Zeke Elliott scored a pair of touchdowns as well. A one-yarder and a three-yarder to end that half at 28-7. The quarterback for the Rams, Jared Goff, man, he, man, the defense of Dallas was atrocious towards him. Jared Goff could not muster up anything throughout the whole entire game particularly in the first half. He's been pressured. He got sacked a few times. Hurries. Trying to scramble out of the pocket. Even injured his hand during that game to making his passing ability inaccurate to his receivers. And the receivers didn't help him as much neither. Drop balls in the flat, in the open, down the field. So golf was getting beat up by the Dallas defense in that first half, as well as in the rest of that second half. And he didn't look like the quarterback who helped the Rams get to the Super Bowl last year. He didn't look like the quarterback that deserved this big contract that they gave him at the beginning of this season, during offseason, I should say. Hey, man! Golf went 33 of 51 for 284 yards and two touchdowns. He had a pick. Ty Gurley, the second. He was not a factor, y'all. He was not a factor at all in that game because the Dallas defense was so great at the front line to where they closed gaps to where Gurley couldn't get nowhere. Nowhere at all. He had 11 rushes for 20 yards and a TD. Say what? But they wide receiver, Tyler Higley, he, he did pretty good. This is his second 100-yard game. He had 12 receptions for 111 yards, but that's due to the fact that the Dallas secondary was caught napping on short yardage passes to allow him to get those 111 yards. But other than that, 
The Cowboys played phenomenal football against the Rams. And Jerry Goff just couldn't do anything at all on his side of the football to get the Rams a lead, keep the game close, whatever. But on Dallas's side of the ball, Dak Prescott went for 15 for 23, 212 yards, two, two TDs. And for the third time this season, both Zeke and Tony Pollard combined for 100 yards each. Tony Pollard had 12 carries for 131 yards in the TD. And like I said before, Zeke Elliott, 24 carries, 117 yards, and he scored those two touchdowns, which came in the first half of that game. Wide receiver Tavon Austin had one reception. That was the big play down the field for that 59 yards and that one TD that he had. And tight end Jason Witten had four receptions for 36 yards in the TD. And the Dallas Cowboys went on to route the L.A. Rams 44-21. to You damn right! So now it all comes down to this, to week 16, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Because Dallas is traveling to Philly next week to play the Eagles. December 22nd. Dallas has already beaten Philadelphia back in week 7, routing them 37-10. to 10, And they can win the East by beating Philadelphia next week. But if Philly wins this game next week against Dallas, Dallas would need to win their last game of the year against Washington and hope that the Eagles lose against the Giants so that they could be tied for the division and one of those teams is in a bad spot, y'all. In a bad spot. And that's why Dallas need to have the Eagles lose on week 17 and they win on week 17 because Dallas plays the Giant I mean Dallas plays the Redskins. The Eagles play Eli and the Giants. And both Washington and the Giants are going to play spoilers to both of these teams because they're not going anywhere. Their season is done. They're not making the playoffs. So teams like the Rams and the Vikings still have to continue to win out, particularly the Rams because the pressure is more on the Rams than it is on the Vikings. So the Rams is at 8 and 6 have to win out to be 10 and 6. And their scenario will have to be hoping that the Vikings lose their last two games of the, of the season, which I heavily doubt that they will, and hope that the Cowboys and Eagles game end in a tie or if one of those teams can outright take the division because if they outright take one of those teams outright take the division, then the Rams are in. Minnesota is in. And it could be a scenario to where it could come down to it if it's a tie between Philadelphia and Dallas, that Dallas will automatically win the division anyway. 
And the Rams could be eliminated out of the playoffs by losing one or two of the remaining games on the schedule. So you would have both teams of the NFC East in, Philadelphia and Dallas, Dallas being the division winner. Philadelphia will be a wild card hosting the first round in Philadelphia, and Minnesota is in. Or you can have a scenario where Philadelphia wins the division, Dallas will host a wild card game in the first round just like they did last year with Seattle, and Minnesota can still get in. Or it could be a scenario to where if the Rams went out, Minnesota loses its last remaining two games of the year, the Rams could get in and Minnesota could be out. Because either way it go, you can't knock out Philadelphia and you can't knock out Dallas because they are the, they are in a different division. So one of those will be going to the playoffs. The question is, who will it be with this showdown between Dallas and Philadelphia next week on December 22nd? And by the way, that's a Monday night game for those of y'all who are not looking at our calendars. That is going to be a televised Monday night game on ESPN. That's going to be the most watched game throughout that whole week because it's going to come down to if one of those teams win out against one another, that could potentially mean that the East is won on either one of them teams' side. Or it could be a scenario where you would have to wait till week 17 and hope for either one of them to lose or to win, to stay tied, because that is the best case scenario between Dallas and Philadelphia at this particular point is that you got two games left, you're seven and seven, one beats the other on Monday night. Week seventeen is going to come down to can Eli and the Giants beat Philadelphia and Carson Wentz? Or can Washington beat the, 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 beat the Dallas Cowboys. And if the Cowboys beat Washington and New York beats Philadelphia, Dallas gets the division. If Dallas lose to Washington and Philadelphia beats New York, there's a possibility we can have a tie or there's a possibility that Philadelphia will win that division. But if it's a tie, it will go to Dallas. This is deep. So that leaves Minnesota and the Rams. And like I said, the pressure is on the Rams more than it is on any other team of the four teams remaining in the NFC. And with that crucial loss to Dallas, that just messed everything up for, for the Rams because the Rams would have been 9-5, and five, one game behind Minnesota at 10-4. and four. So Minnesota controls his own destiny. The Rams control their own destiny. The Cowboys and Eagles control their own destiny. Man, I'm telling y'all, ooh-wee. Send me your answers of what you think. Go to Facebook at the Scoop Talk Show. Check me out on Instagram at the Real Sean Harris. Go to the show's Twitter page at YJ Media KZoo. Give me your thoughts on these four teams on what can scenarily happen. Will the Rams get in? Will Minnesota get in? Will the Eagles get in? 
or will the Cowboys get in? Week 16 is right around the corner. And if it all ends the way I think it's going to end, then we're looking at a big overall showdown between these four teams last week of the season and week 17. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here with me, Sean Harris, on his seventh year on the air. We'll be right back. Hey, Kalamazoo, did you know there's a new smoke shop in town? Hey, I didn't either. But guess what it is? It's called Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located by Western Michigan University campus, Stay Glassy has everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. Also, Stay Glassy has the best prices on their glass pipes, CBDs, and much, much more. They have a huge e-liquid sale while supplies last. Stay Glassy. You can follow them on their social media page for weekly deals at Facebook at Stay Glassy KZoo and also on Instagram at Stay Glassy KZoo. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located at 3645 West Michigan Avenue, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49006. Go see Guri and the guys today. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Harris, host of the Scoop Talk Show. You know, you can listen to my show on iTunes and the Apple Podcast. Yes, that's right. I said it. iTunes and the Apple Podcast. If you have an Apple phone, you can download that for free. Or if you have an Android phone, all you have to do is just go to Facebook.com and search for the Scoop Talk Show, and there will be a link connected for you so that you can listen to my show, iTunes, Apple Podcast, the Scoop Talk Show, Yellow Jacket Media Network. Don't miss it. Welcome back to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, on its seventh year on the air. And I'm glad you can join us. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to me, the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris. This episode of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by Western Michigan University Go Broncos, as well as Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop is located near Western Michigan University's campus, and they have and provide everything for your smoking needs. Go down there and see my man, Guri. Today, turning over to NCAA football, yes, the bowl selection committee has announced 
couple, couple of Sundays ago that where all these teams are going to play at, ranked teams, unranked teams, and all these different conferences, well, found out that Western Michigan is headed back to Dallas, Texas. Yes, Western Michigan is headed back to Dallas, Texas. And who they will be facing there? They will be facing Western Kentucky. And like I said, the bowl games are all set. And they're going to be playing them. And the last time that Western has been in Dallas, or I should say near Dallas, which was Arlington, they played at AT&T Stadium a couple of years ago where they played in the Cotton Bowl and they lost to Wisconsin. But this time they got a Western Kentucky team and they're going to be playing against, and they have to get prepared for this team. They're going to be playing at Gerald R. Ford Stadium December the 30th. Western Michigan 7-5, seven and, seven and second in the MAC West, is a team that showed great promise this season, having a winning record, which they did, making a bowl game, which they did six consecutive years in a row, and finally taking the MAC West, which they didn't. Central Michigan, of course, took that title to go on to the Motor City Bowl, where they lost to the Miami, uh, where they lost to Miami of Ohio, but nevertheless, this team has made it once again. Congratulations to the Western Michigan Broncos men's football team on that. Coach Tim Lester did a great job with this team. Players like running back Levante Bellamy, quarterback John Wasnick, wide receiver Tyron Arnett. And the Broncos' defense was able to put together a great season. Congratulations to the Western Michigan men's football team once again on that. But they got a Western Kentucky team that they got to contend with in this bowl game coming up. Western Kentucky is 8-4. They finished third in Conference USA East. Had a great season as well, led by quarterback Stephen Duncan. But, of course... Quarterback Duncan will be missing this bowl game due to a foot injury. So we're going to see how well that plays out in the Broncos' favor. Also, Western Kentucky running back Keyshawn McClendon and wide receiver Lucky Jackson helped the Hilltoppers reach to this moment with a good defense as well. Now, we're not going to knock out Western Kentucky's defense. They played very phenomenal this season against great opponents within their conference and within, was, and outside of their conference to get to this point. This team would not make it easy for Western Michigan to dominate and beat Western Kentucky, like I said, because this defense is very, very strong. They're very, very prolific. They're quick on the ball. They got good outside pass rushers. They got a good interior middle linebacking core, and they got safeties and corners that can match you up man-to-man with ease. So they're not going to make it easy for Western Michigan in this bowl game at all. If the Broncos can establish, though, the run game with Bellamy early, which they've been doing in previous games throughout the season, Western Michigan Broncos will get Bellamy going, and that sets everything up. They can tire this front line out, even though this front line of Western Kentucky is very, very strong, 
But throughout the course of this game, if they keep them on the field long enough and extend the clock to run plays, multiple plays, and get down the field to try to get a score of any kind, I don't care if it's a field goal or they score a touchdown, they can tire Western Kentucky's defense out of that front four. Because once they get tired out, then Western can now go ahead and set up the big plays down the field using Westnick as their key core of throwing the football down the field. But for Western Kentucky, they have to mix it up, the run and the pass plays, to, co- to confuse the Broncos' defense. Most importantly, they have to convert on third down because Western Kentucky was not a very good team throughout the season on converting on third downs. So that is a factor that Western Kentucky must take in consideration into making that a perfection. They must convert on third downs against this Broncos defense because this Broncos defense is going to be coming at them to get them off the field in a three and out each and every time they have possession of the football. And also, Western Kentucky must score, and they got to score quickly against this Broncos defense because if they could confuse the Broncos defense with the run and the pass play, like I stated earlier, and set everything up accordingly, Western Michigan Broncos defense will not have enough to muster up against big plays down the field, big running plays within the yard, the yard line of scrimmage, and they can just as quickly get down the field in order to get scores and scores quickly each and every possession. And that is my key to where they can beat the Western Michigan Broncos in this scenario. But for Western, Western must contain what they have to contain. Like I said, they got to get Bellamy going early. They got to get everything established for the pass play. Because once Bellamy get going and they can tire out this front four of Western Kentucky by pounding the ball at the line of scrimmage and controlling the line of scrimmage with their offense, now they can set up the big plays down the field and they can get their scores in quickly as well. So it's going to be a hell of a game right here between Western Kentucky and Western Michigan because both of these teams somewhat are kind of evenly matched because I kind of watched Western Kentucky this season, but I didn't get a chance to really watch them as much as I watched the Western Michigan Broncos because I covered them a lot more than I covered Western Kentucky. But whenever I got a chance to see Western Kentucky, I've seen the type of explosiveness that they bring to the table and what they can do on mixing these plays up to get themselves going. December 30th, Broncos of Western Michigan versus the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, First Responder Bowl, Gerald R. Ford Stadium, Dallas, Texas. Be watching it. I'll be, I'll be watching it, that's for sure. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. Seventh year on the air. We'll be right back. Oh 
is Brad Rose. This is your boy Arquan Steele. You are listening to the scoop. You listening to the scoop talk show with my boy Sean. Sean here. Yeah. Hey, what's up, all you lovely people? Please subscribe and follow me on all social media. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. Love you some Scoop Talk Show? Hey, I got the facts and the facts don't lie. You know that. I know that. Say what? You can now take the show anywhere. Just go to yellowjacketmedia.com. Click on the podcast and start listening today. The Scoop Talk Show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story, and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never listen to Everyone and welcome back to the seventh season of the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network. Turning over to the association now, the Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, yes. They lost on Monday night. They're five and five in their last ten games. They fall down to the Washington Wizards 133-119. The Pistons has been playing phenomenal basketball as of late, but due to key injuries in the lineup, it kind of synced them back a little bit. They have now fell, potentially right now, if the playoffs started today, they will be the, on the outside looking in, in 10th place at 11-16, one game behind the Charlotte Hornets. And Orlando Magic, two games behind the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant this season. The Brooklyn Nets are holding that seven seed pretty strongly right now. But the number one team of that conference of the East that they have to beat is the beast of the East, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, who is currently tied with the Los Angeles Lakers for the best record at 24-4 and in the league right now. The 76ers are in second place at 20-8. and The Celtics is creeping in closely at 17-7. and The Heat holding that fourth place at 19-8. and The Toronto Raptors, now that Kawhi Leonard has now moved on to be an L.A. Clipper, they're holding that fifth spot, the world champs, at 18-8. and and the Pacers are one game behind them percentage-wise 
at 18 and 9. But getting back to the Pistons, of course, the Pistons played outstanding on Monday night, despite that loss that they had. The Pistons, from the field, they shot 48%. They connected pretty good on their three-pointers, going 13 out of 39 for 33%. They didn't do so bad on the free throws. They hit 24 for 34 at 71%. They tied with the rebounding. Offensive rebounds, they was up by four. The assist, they was down by three. Well, excuse me, two. And the turnovers was pretty much even with Washington up one, 15 to 14. But they kind of had their nucleus and points in the paint, but it was pretty much very even with that at 46 to the Pistons to 42 of the Washington Wizards. But... Overall, even though I'm looking at the stats here and seeing how evenly matched across the board that Washington was playing outstandingly well against the Pistons, the Pistons still kind of hung around a little bit, but to no avail, they just could not finish the game strong. They was outscored in the first and in the final quarter of that game, 43-31 to 31 to end the period number one. And they out, got outscored 37-28 to 28 to end quarter number four. Pistons held their own in the mid-quarters, scoring 30 points to 24 in the second and 30-29 to 29 in the third. But to no avail, it was not enough as the Pistons once again fall to Washington, 133 to 119. Top performers of the game was Washington, Bradley Beal. He had 35 points, three rebounds, 10 assists, and one steal. Derek Rose for the Pistons, he had 22 points, six rebounds, eight assists, and one steal. But, like I said, it was just simply not enough as Washington dominated the paint. They dominated in a lot of areas where the Pistons should have dominated, but to no avail, it was not to be the case. Marquise Morris, he had 33 minutes with the Pistons, scoring 22 points. He had five rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Bruce Brown Jr., he did a phenomenal job at the guard position for the Pistons. He had, in 27 minutes, he had 20 points. He had six rebounds, three assists, one steal, and two blocks. And Christian Wood for the Pistons, he in 28 minutes had 12.6 rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. So the Pistons really have to get it going here without Andre Drummond because Drummond is injured right now. And. He has that eye injury, I should say, and without him being in the lineup, the Pistons are going to be very difficult to win basketball games coming into the new season, the new year, I should say, in this new season. So once again, the Pistons fall to the Washington Wizards 133-119. to 119.
You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host Sean Harris right here on Yellow Jacket Network in its seventh season on the air. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Congratulations are in order to the New Orleans Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, which on Monday night surpassed Peyton Manning for the most touchdowns in NFL history. You damn right! 540 in the 504 area code. That's right. 540 touchdowns in routing and beating the Indianapolis Colts 34-7. Now the Colts are officially eliminated from the playoffs of the AFC. And the New Orleans Saints, led up under Drew Brees, has now taken sole control of the NFC South being the only team in that division to make the playoffs. The Buccaneers are eliminated, the Falcons are eliminated, and the Carolina Panthers got eliminated all on the same day back on Sunday. And with that win, the New Orleans Saints had clinched the NFC South. So once again, congratulations to Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and the New Orleans Saints on winning on Monday night, defeating the Indianapolis Colts and eliminating them out of the playoffs 34-7. So I beg and throw another question out there to y'all to end this show since I'm getting close to the end of this show. Go to the show's Facebook page at facebook.com and look for the Scoop Talk Show. Go to the show's Instagram page at the Real Sean Harris. Check out the show's Twitter page at YJ Media. That's capital Y, capital J, capital Media, K Zoo, capital K, little A, capital Z, little double O on Twitter. And let's debate about this question. Everybody wants to say Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in NFL history since he won multiple Super Bowls, most Super Bowl appearance by any quarterback ever. MVPs, line it up, knock it down, it doesn't matter. Peyton Manning has went down. Now we're talking about they're establishing in this 100 season of the NFL year of the greatest players in NFL history, the 100 greatest NFL players in NFL history. When you talk about the quarterbacks, should Drew Brees be up there in that conversation? I believe he should, even though he doesn't have MVPs, 
he won one Super Bowl, but all throughout he did, throughout his tenure in the NFL as the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, once upon a time got drafted by the Chargers, and the Chargers released him and New Orleans picked him up. Let's never forget that. Is Drew Brees the solidified true quarterback greatest of all time ahead of Tom Brady, ahead of Peyton Manning, ahead of Troy Aikman, ahead of Steve Young, ahead of Joe Montana, ahead of Johnny Unitas, ahead of Tom, uh, Terry Bradshaw, ahead of all these great quarterbacks I just mentioned. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show on Yellow Jacket Network in its seventh year on the air. We'll be right back. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Scoop Talk Show. I would like to thank my sponsors who made this show possible because without them, I couldn't do it without them. Western Michigan University. Go Broncos. Keizu Coney. Keizu Coney has everything that's provided for you on the breakfast and lunch menus for your enjoyment. If you happen to be coming to Kalamazoo or you happen to live in Kalamazoo, go check them out. Keizu Coney, home away from home. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop has everything they, that you need for your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, and accessories, and much, much more. To check them out, to find out for special deals, go to their Facebook page and their Instagram page, and be sure to like and follow them at Stay Glassy Kazoo. OMG Sweets. What can I say about OMG Sweets? Proud supporter of the Scoop Talk Show. She has everything from cakes to pies, to churros, to cookies, to cupcakes, to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours, whether it's during the day or late at night. And also, she special order cater things for your liking for any occasion that you have coming up throughout the whole entire year. OMG Sweets, you can find her, like and follow her page on Facebook and Instagram to purchase your orders at O-O-H-E-M-M-G-E-E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. And I would like to thank you, the listener, for continuing tuning in to the Scoop Talk Show because without you, this show would not be possible. I'm out of here like the breeze through the trees when I'm gone. I'm taking all the leaves. Peace. See you next time. Love one another. Take care.